Tonight, we're going to talk about practical prayer. That's fancy, isn't it? You like that? Did that all myself? Pretty nice. Um, the first thing, quick picture. And does anybody know what this is? It's a monkey, yeah. Right, right, good job. This is what's called a rally monkey. And Ashley should know that because it's a Los Angeles Angels thing. I don't know what that means. It's like saying I'm from... Yeah, okay, well... That's real awkward. Uh, It's kind of hard to explain, but like uh, when the Royals have been down, they had that praying mantis thing, right? Where they're like, oh, rally mantis, the whole deal. When the angels get down, it's not an actual thing. It's just a video of this kind of monkey jumping around, which is weird. But here's what it looks like. I I found a YouTube video of it because it's an icebreaker. (laughs) Rally time. It's funny. So that's really awkward, uh, to say the least. Um, Angels fans are, like, all about it. Um, They've had a lot of comeback victories with the rally monkey. But essentially it comes down to when they're losing or tied late in the game, they want to call on something that's bigger than themselves. And they feel like this rally monkey apparently gives them the will to win. Angels fans, Californians are kind of weird. And I know, yeah, you're from California, even if it is eight hours away. So why am I talking about this at all? Um, Like I said, it's about something bigger than yourself. So like Princess Peach calls on Mario to defeat Bowser. Um, Gotham calls on Batman to defeat whatever criminal is going on there. Or... You call a firefighter to put out the fire at your house because you can't do it yourself. So we see this pattern everywhere in the world. People who come up on a problem, they can't figure out by themselves. They seek help of something bigger than themselves. Um, They go to the person or people who have the right abilities to solve the problem. um, And then they ask that person, obviously, petition that person. They're like, can you help me? Essentially, they're saying, I'm not strong enough talented enough, influential enough, or smart enough to figure it out on my own. Can you help me? It's exactly what prayer is. Um, Whether you've realized it or not, every time a person prays, they're basically saying to God, I'm not smart enough, talented enough, influential enough to figure it out on my own. Can you help me? But God's a little more powerful than a rally monkey. Just a little bit, right? So whether you go to church every week or this is one of your first times here, you've most likely heard, seen, experienced prayer, right? Can everybody, by a raise of hands, everybody knows what prayer is. Hoorah! People reacting. That's exciting. It's one of the Christian-y things people, you know, talk about. But as common as prayer is, sometimes it's confusing, right? You're in a position where you're weak, That's a big jug. Wow. Really caught me off guard there. (laughs) 
So have you ever thought about why we bow our heads, close our eyes? Because, I mean, even in the Bible, there's more examples of people raising their hands, looking up to heaven with their eyes open and praying than bowing their heads and closing their eyes. Um, And what are you supposed to say? How long should it be? Um, Am I the only one who's asked these questions? You guys are pretty non-responsive today. Awesome. Thanks, Emily. That was awesome. Um, So I'm hoping to talk to you about some practical steps of prayer. First of all, a little confession. I'm not an expert. Don't claim to be. Don't, like, if you have a prayer problem, I'll help you, but I'm not, like, the end-all, be-all. This is how you should pray. It's a secret formula, and you're going to, it's going to happen. Formula. But even though I struggle with prayer, I still believe in prayer. Um, But I still get distracted. It's really hot up here. It's the light. I get distracted, right? Just like that. Something always distracts me. A little bit ADD. Everybody is, it seems like, these days. You agree? Yeah? Braxton? Thanks. But I've got a little video to show you. If you've never been distracted during prayer, this is kind of what it's like in my mind. Anyway. So it's kind of a funny example of how it, how it is to be distracted during prayer. It's easy to be distracted in, in, a, in a world where, you know, our cell phones are always next to us, TV's on, music's on, whatever's going on. It's easily, it's easy to be distracted. Some days I ignore prayer. I may forget, I may get too busy, something, you know, something comes up, whatever, stressed out. So I'm not perfect, but, and distractions are everywhere, but you have to make that time and get away with, and have that quiet time with God, asking him to help with the problems that you can't figure out, right? Like it or not, there are things in, that you're going to go through that you can't figure out why or what step to take next. And prayer can be a really powerful thing. We see this in um, Luke, they're, they're, uh, talking about basically the disciples were asking questions about prayer, similar probably to the ones we were asking, how long, you know, what should I say? All that stuff. And Luke tells us the story like this, Luke chapter 18, verse one through eight. One day Jesus told his disciples a story to show that they should always pray and never give up. There was a judge in a certain city 
Jesus said, who neither feared God nor cared about people, a widow of that city came to him repeatedly over and over again, saying, Give me justice in this dispute with my enemy. The judge ignored her for a while, but finally said to himself, I don't fear God or care about people, but this woman is driving me crazy. I'm going to see that she gets justice because she is wearing me out with her constant requests. Then the Lord said, learn a lesson from this unjust judge. Even he rendered a just decision in the end. So don't you think God will surely give you justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night? He will keep putting them off. Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will grant justice to them quickly. So we see two characters in this story. Obviously the judge, Jesus describes him as not fearing God or caring about people. Basically a total jerk. Like, I don't care about God and I don't care about people. I'll just do what I want. And then a widow. Um, In Jesus' time, widows basically had like no rights. There was nothing they could do. If somebody wanted to take something from them, they basically could. And without a judge or somebody higher, there's nothing they could do about it. So she was powerless and she needed help from someone greater than herself. Or she would never find justice. Unfortunately, the person who had this power refused to help her. But the woman continued to beg and beg and beg until the judge got so worn out, he finally caved, right? Which is interesting because how many of you have asked your parents over and over and over and over for something and they say no the first time and you just keep asking and they finally cave, right? It happens. Don't lie to me. You're a liar. The answer is yes. They never cave? Ever? Sounds like good parents. Are we clapping for that? (laughs) So when I was a junior, uh, I had a friend. His sister was Meredith. She was in sixth grade. And she really wanted a cell phone. And you have to remember that I'm a little older, so cell phones weren't, like, super commonplace when you were 10, 11, 12. Um... But she really wanted a cell phone, so she asked her parents. And they're like, no, sorry, you're in your sixth grade. What do you need a cell phone for? It doesn't even make a sense, right? Um, so she got a little creative. And she's like, I've asked five or six times now, so I'll write them an essay. So she wrote a paper, and it was titled, Why Meredith Should Get a Cell Phone. And they read it, and they caved. I think... As a parent, if somebody, like, if one of my kids came up to me and was like, I wrote this essay on why I should get something, put in the effort, sure, why not, right? But I remember Chris being so upset because he was a junior at that time. He couldn't get a cell phone until he was a freshman. And she got one just because she was persistent and wouldn't take no for an answer. The point is, if you pester someone, really anyone, long enough, they will typically cave in. Now, you can use this truth for good, like the widow did in the story, or be an evil person like Meredith, right? And just, I want what I want, and I'm going to get it no matter what. Jesus wanted his disciples to use this basic truth 
to try to understand why God would listen to the prayers of his people. When we pray, we have ourselves the one who are asking God for something, and then we have God who, like the judge, has the power to give us what we need or what we want. But that's really where the similarities between God and the judge end. You know, God cares about you. He loves you. He's more like a father than a a judge in, in a lot of situations, right? So if the judge, who is a terrible person by all accounts, gives the lady to this person, the story basically says, why wouldn't God, God give you what you want, right? You guys are killing me today. You're like dead. So that sounds great in theory. You're kind of thinking that, right? Okay, I'll ask for a new car. Awesome. Got it. I prayed for a car, and now it's going to show up in my driveway. I'm so excited. That's not how it works. Sorry if you thought that's how it works. I apologize. Um, And now you're thinking, what about the times that you've prayed for something and you didn't get it? You know, I prayed for my grandpa to get healed, and he didn't get healed. I prayed for my parents not to split up, and they split up. I, You know, you might have prayed to make a team. And you didn't make it. You might have prayed for you and your significant other to stay together. And she broke your heart anyway. And that's a terrible thing. You're supposed to laugh. (laughs) Wow. I don't have the answers to why it doesn't happen. I mean, I've prayed a lot of things that didn't happen. um, But I can tell you that. God cares for you like a father. And even in the in the scripture, we see Jesus calling out Abba, Father, which is really daddy. Like in, in the Hebrew, it's kind of the equivalent of, of an endearing term rather than father, right? Um, but when you're praying, you're demonstrating that faith. So think about God as a father. Um, and there are three answers that you get when you pray. Scripture says that you'll get your prayer answered. Sometimes the answer is yes. Sometimes the answer is later. Sometimes the answer is no. So imagine three separate requests from my kids. Those of you that know me at all know I have three little girls. So let's say Ruby comes up to me. The middle one comes up to me near bedtime. like, Daddy, I'm hungry. Can I have some grapes? Sure, that's a doable request. It's not candy at bedtime. Cool. Give you some grapes. Emerson walks up, the youngest, and she mutters kind of broken English at this point, let's be honest. (laughs) And she says, swimming now? No. But later, I'll take you swimming sometime. I don't mind doing that, but I'm not going to do it right now. It's bedtime, right? And then Maya, the oldest, walks up and says, I'm thirsty. I'd like a soda. No. The answer is always no to soda at bedtime. It's never going to be yes. Right? So those are the three answers that you get. She would never go to sleep. That's the reality. She would drink a soda and she'd be up till midnight. And then my wife would be so mad because I gave her a cola. I would never live it down. 
So I, as an earthly father, obviously have their best interest in mind, and God has your best interest in mind. It doesn't mean that I don't love you or love them any less because I told them no, just because it's not the right thing for them. So like the judge in the story, God sees exactly what we need. But he doesn't just give us what we need. He gives us himself. He allows us to experience the peace and joy of knowing him, and that's far greater than anything we could ever ask for. So let's talk a few minutes about how to pray. Three things that I've learned from praying, talking to people who are way smarter than I am. I know it's hard to believe that there are people out there that are way smarter than me, but it does happen. Huh? You believe it? Awesome. So the first thing is powerful prayers can be simple. They can be short and sweet to the point. You don't need to be fancy. Use all these Bible-y words that you don't really even know what they mean. Go up to your mom and dad, right? And you're asking them to say, you usually say, mom, I'm hungry. I'd like something to eat, right? You don't walk up to them. Dear mother, thank you for the food you always provide to fill my empty stomach. I now ask that you kindly would once again prepare a scrumptious meal for me to satisfy my uncontrollable cravings. Would you ever do that? Honestly? No. So powerful prayers can be simple. You know, if you're struggling with something, say, God, I'm struggling with this. It's pretty easy. You should show God some respect, obviously. He's the God of the universe. But you don't have to use all these fancy terms of endearment and thank you, Holy Lord, for everything that you've provided in Nicaragua. And, you know, just pray for what you need. You know, if you're anxious about a test, say, I'm anxious about a test. Second thing is powerful prayers can happen anywhere, anytime. There aren't set times and places where you can pray. Obviously, we pray here. That's kind of a normal thing, but you can pray in your car. I definitely wouldn't suggest closing your eyes and bowing your head while you're doing that one. You pray, you know, at your house, at the coffee shop, playing Call of Duty. Maybe not. That might be too distracting. But you can pray anywhere, anytime. And you don't have to bow your head and close your eyes. As the example with the car, that's a terrible idea. God loves you and wants to keep you safe. But if you close your eyes to pray on the highway, I can't guarantee you will live. <laughs> so I remember hearing a story about this guy. His name was... Bill Bright. He was the founder of um, Campus Crusade for Christ, which I believe is now Chi Alpha. It's kind of a transition there. Um, and a pastor was picking him up from the airport, and he's talking to him, and they're going back and forth. And he says, you know, Bill, I'm, I'm really worried about what I have to do in the next 24 hours. Bill immediately says, Lord, I pray for my brother that you would give him peace and strength in accomplishing what he needs to do. No transition, no warning. 
like God was sitting in the back seat of that car. Powerful prayers can happen anywhere at any time. Now, I don't suggest, for those of you that have friends or people that you deal with on a daily basis that aren't Christians, they tell you, my legs hurt, and be like, oh, touch his leg right now in the name of Jesus. You know, there's ways to transition with people who aren't necessarily comfortable with that. But they can happen anywhere at any time. Third thing is powerful prayers are honest. Don't tell God what you think he needs to hear. Lord, please feed the hungry in Africa and, you know, touch everything that's going on in, in Russia. And No, you have to be honest. If you don't care about Russia, that's okay. You should work on that, but it's okay. You can be honest. Just tell God about what you're actually feeling. If you're confused, say you're confused. If you're sad, sad. Think about him approaching you in this room. It'd be kind of awesome, first of all. But you wouldn't be like... The first thing you wouldn't ask for is to end world hunger. You'd be worried about you. Let's be honest. You're a little selfish, right? Yes, you were smiling, but you weren't smiling at that. It's okay. So there's a a clip from the movie Bruce Almighty that kind of helps us see the power of a simple, honest prayer. Kind of towards the end of the movie, Bruce finds himself in heaven again, talking with God, who's played by Morgan Freeman. Always worth mentioning, best Hollywood actor to play God ever. But here's the clip real quick about honest prayer. It made you cry? It's cute. Act like you've never have you never seen that movie before? Oh, wow! I am old. (laughs) So obviously, this movie—if you've never seen it—is not based on a true story. But Bruce Almighty basically says that he can, or Bruce, this guy, says that he can do God's job better, and God gives him the power to do his job. And that's kind of the end where he realizes he's an idiot. But the message is true. Um, God wants our hearts, not just empty words that don't mean anything to us. You know, that line about it's great if you want to be Miss America. At the end of the day, we're pretty selfish and care about either ourselves or our pretty close circle. Pray about the things that you care about and be honest. God promises to listen and comes through with his promises. One of these promises is in 1 John uh, 5, 14, and 15. We are confident that God hears us when we ask for anything that pleases him. And since we know he hears us when we make our requests, we also know that he will give us what we ask for. Now, make note of that phrase that pleases him. Even though God wants your honesty, it doesn't mean that he's going to give you everything that you honestly desire. In those moments when our desires and his desires line up, he'll reward you by giving exactly what you need. And that's a promise. So here's the bottom line, which is really more of a rhetorical question. Next time... You're in need. 
will your first response be prayer? When you find yourself in a situation that you can't handle, you're going to call on friends, youth leaders, parents, you know, grandparents, whatever mentor you have in your life first, or you're going to call on God. Because at the end of the day, he knows everything. He knows exactly how you feel. Only God is able to truly listen and understand 100% what you're feeling and what you're saying. And then give you exactly what you need. If our leaders would make it up to the front real quick. Maybe you've never trusted God with anything in your life. Um, and you need to ask him to come into your heart so that you can have that relationship and, and the freedom to ask. Um, you know, for anything, really. And then some of you have been putting off things that you probably should have asked God's help with a long time ago. Now's the time to ask someone that's greater than yourself to help you out. If that's you, I'd ask that you come up and, and pray with one of our leaders. If you don't feel comfortable doing that, everybody, I mean... Your friends will come and pray with you, but you, sh you should definitely come and pray with one of the leaders about, you know, if you've never had a relationship with God and you want to do that now, or if you're having a situation where you need to let it go and let God do it. 